world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. People tend to associate arthritis with aging. The truth is, people of all ages get arthritis, including children. This week on Parents Are Hard to Raise, Seth Ginsberg, founder of CreakyJoints.com, is here to share some great information and resources to make life a little easier for those living with and caring for people with arthritis. Join 180 million monthly subscribers who can now listen to Parents Are Hard to Raise on Spotify. Welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. Seth Ginsberg is the president and co-founder of the Global Healthy Living Foundation and Creaky Joints, an online community for millions of arthritis patients and their caregivers around the world who seek education, support, activism, and patient-centered research. Seth is an arthritis patient himself, and he has dedicated his career to advocating for the arthritis and chronic disease community. He's also a co-principal investigator of the Arthritis Power Research Registry. Seth Ginsburg, welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Howdy. <laughs> How you doing? I tried not to use my New Jersey accent so much, but I don't think it worked. <laughs> Hardly a problem. I'm, I'm talking to you from Midtown Manhattan, so I get it. <laughs> so you're used to it. <laughs> So my first question for you is, so how did Creaky Joints get started? Sure, yeah. So Creaky Joints is um, now in its 20th year. So thinking way back when, uh, <laughs> I was a, a first-year student, actually, at Babson College, uh, living with arthritis that I had been diagnosed with at the age of 13. I grew up as a teenager uh, living with arthritis. My mother has arthritis. And at the time, my grandmother had arthritis. Wow. And when I went away to college, I was feeling quite vulnerable, but also quite curious where everyone else uh, going through something similar uh, was out in the universe. And this is the dawn of the internet. And I was awake in my bunk bed in my dorm room in the middle of the night, quite miserable, uh, first year of school. And I got out of bed, I emailed the former internship boss and mentor from high school, uh, Lou Tharp. In one sentence, I said, there's got to be a way to bring people together in a positive environment where we could share strength and experience. And fortunately, Lou wrote back literally the same day as he awoke that morning and said, I'd like to become a social entrepreneur. How about we do this together? Wow. <laughs> and, and, and that afternoon, Cricky Joints became a website. And uh, like I said, we're now in our 20th year. I'm happy to report I no longer sleep in a bunk bed. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just now uh, doing our bit to, as we say, bring arthritis to its knees. 
you know, and it's true, you know, when we hear the word arthritis, we think it's just a disease of the elderly. Well, right. We think of gnarled hands and joints yeah. that ache and our grandparents. And um, that's that's uh, partly justified. I mean, that's the, the majority of arthritis by population. The older you get, the more likely you are to have what's called degenerative arthritis or degenerative joint disease or osteoarthritis. Wear and tear takes its toll. Gravity is a funny thing, you know, yeah. it weighs down on us. And eventually those knees and those hips and, and all of our other joints that we use, especially compounded with things like uh, overweightness or, or yeah. obesity and, and, and other things that we must do repetitively, for example, in jobs. Anyway, it takes its toll and, and that, that's what causes arthritis. So um, it's okay to think of it as a grandparent disease, but it's more okay and, and, and much more important to know that it affects people of all ages, um, children, 300,000 kids in America uh, alone. Wow. Um, and then there's uh, another type of arthritis called rheumatoid arthritis or RA and related autoimmune conditions like psoriatic arthritis that affect a few million people in the US and, and that affects people in the prime of their lives, mostly women, um, a majority of women, I should say, uh, and that uh, can have on, onset in 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s. And I was amazed that they were saying about 100 defined types of arthritis. Uh, oh, yeah. Lots and lots of, of types of arthritis you've, you've never heard of and could never spell. <laughs> but um, they're very much defined um, by how they present themselves, uh, what causes them, and and I think now, most importantly, how to address them and how to treat them. And I think that's a really important message that I'm going to keep repeating here. And that's these are being better and better treated, these types of arthritis, than ever before. In fact, dramatically better today than when creaky joints started 20 years ago. And the understanding of the biology of these diseases yeah. and the biology of their treatments means that we really do have a handle on management of arthritis. It is no longer a sentence to a wheelchair, you know, a lifetime yeah. of pain and agony. It could be a completely fulfilled life, virtually normal. Um, but it's definitely a reminder of the important things that we have to do to stay healthy. Um, obviously, talking to our doctors and things like that, right. and seeking medical care. But I, I should say as important or most importantly, with respect to arthritis, it's a healthy lifestyle. It's eating well, right. it's exercising yeah. and moving and staying positive and losing some weight or not smoking and all the things that contribute to a, a better outcome when you have a, a diagnosis of arthritis, no matter the kind. You know, and a lot of times I find, um, you know, like with my dad who, who has rheumatoid arthritis, but and a lot of patients that I see, um, they say, oh, my arthritis is bothering me. And I, so they don't want to move and they don't want to walk or, you know, do any type of exercise where if they do do some form of exercise or continue to, you know, walk and do what they normally do, it'll ward off maybe the stiffness. They're not going to gain the weight and give them, you know, a, a rush of endorphins. It's a catch 22 yeah. for sure. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because when we talk with uh, policymakers, regulators, you know, folks in Washington and states around the country, uh, we very respectfully point out the importance of addressing arthritis because arthritis is the leading form of disability and immobility. And that immobility is what creates 
byproduct problems like heart disease, like obesity, right. uh, and hypertension, and all the other kind of catastrophic issues um, that are inevitable when one no longer moves. And if, to your point, arthritis is preventing folks from moving, it speaks to the need to address it so that they can move and we can get active. And so how do you do that, right? right That's kind yeah. of the, how do you scale that, that mountain right away? And, um, you know, a healthy person's analogy is if you haven't worked out in a long time, that first uh, visit to the gym is a tough one to finish. Yeah. Um, and, and I think for arthritis, you know, I think it has to do first and foremost with teaming up with a doctor, teaming up with uh, a healthcare professional that can look at this yeah. uh, and uh, appraise it, assess it, and understand kind of the bigger picture to chart that path to getting on the right track. And it will involve likely some kinds of medicines, it usually does, yeah. um, but it has to also include other um, wellness and lifestyle elements that we've been talking about. And that does get you on the path to getting able to being able to move again. Now, what special challenges do you see, like for our elderly parents, you know, living with arthritis? Well, I, I'd like to speak candidly. Permission? Yes, please. There is a uh, <laughs> there is a symptom of growing older that I, I, I respectfully have um, borne witness to, and that is uh, called stubbornness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And I'm not pointing any fingers in any directions, but I am saying it's a strong correlation. And uh, what I'd like to suggest is, you know, addressing kind of one's attitude and outlook yeah. and mental state and and just attitude really toward toward this is, I think, a, a massive challenge that that we're going to face as we care for the older generations. Yeah and helping to change that mindset uh, away from whatever um, situation it's in that is likely in a more negative direction, of course. And by the way, pain sucks, and arthritis is very painful. Yeah. And there's a lot of reason for people to get cranky and foul uh, moods uh, because of it. And, and that only compounds the issue and makes it even harder to um, move up that mountain. But um, addressing the mindset is, is, is key early, uh, and something that we think a lot about, you know, we like to be positive. That's kind of our glass half full approach. That's why we call it the creaky joints <laughs> and we're here to, we're here to help. We, you know, we don't want to be a pity party and creaky joints is, um, enabling folks to not just have this information at their fingertips and like really kind of probe what they can know. And then as a result do to feel better. Uh, or take care of someone to feel better, but also do it in a, with a little bit of levity because, you know, we, we life yeah. is short. Yeah, Laugh. you're right. <laughs> I try to do everything with levity, you know, just you have to, you know, otherwise um, life it has so many challenges, right? Every day. So we, we, sure have, does. we have to laugh. And that it is tough because, you know, we know that people with chronic illnesses, they have a higher risk for depression. So um, I saw, you know, on your website, you have advice to help patients and their caregivers how to cope with those difficulties that they have and to boost their resilience. Resilience is a big thing. We're big into resilience. 
we love resilience and uh, we do it all kinds of ways. And um, we enable people to, to express themselves. And uh, we're kind of like, you know, a modern new age type of support group, if you will, you know, and an opportunity for people to come to Creaky Joints, not just access the knowledge or information that we have, which is voluminous, but to take advantage of our kind of regular ongoing, um, almost like a heartbeat of positive yeah. and resilient messaged uh, discussion topics and thoughts. A lot of that comes out of Facebook and Twitter, which is like easily the most accessible, accessible thing you can, you can think of. And, and we encourage people to check out the Creaky Joints Facebook and Twitter uh, pages where, it, like I said, it just doesn't end. It's a nonstop engine of uh, hope. And, you know, we call it vitamin H, vitamin hope. <laughs> and give people a little hope and then the information they need. That's great, vitamin H. <laughs> We're going to continue talking with Seth Ginsberg of Creaky Joints. But if you're a woman or there's a woman in your life, there's something you absolutely need to know. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. You're listening to Parents Are Hard To Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on demand using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can listen on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. Want a great new way to listen to the show? Have an Amazon Echo or Dot? Just say... Alexa, play Parents Are Hard to Raise podcast. Getting the latest episode of Parents Are Hard to Raise. Here it is from iHeartRadio. It's as simple as that. 
You're right, Dolly. There are so many really cool new ways to listen to our show. It's hard to keep track. You can join the 180 million listeners on Spotify. You can listen in your car, at the gym, or pretty much anywhere on your smartphone with Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can get us on Apple TV, DirecTV, Roku. And like Dolly said, you can even ask Alexa to play the show for you. It's great because you don't have to be tied to a radio anymore. You can listen when you want, where you want, for as long as you want. And if you're listening to the show in one of these new ways, please do me a big favor. Share this new technology. Help someone else learn about the show and show them a new way to listen. Seth, I was wondering, what, what resources does the arthritis community most need? Sure. So they need information that is obviously medically uh, vetted and reviewed by doctors, but presented and communicated in very people-friendly terms. Yeah. I think there's a large, there's a very large gap between medical knowledge and just human knowledge and consumption. And if you're not a doctor, a lot of this is very difficult to understand. You're right. So we identified this a long time ago. And so Creaky Joints began a series uh, called Patient Guidelines that we publish. We take the treatment guidelines that physicians follow, um, which are basically all the evidence-based guidelines for how to treat the disease. We translate it into lay English, and then we wrap around all the context and all the other information for living with the disease in the real world and what else you need to know. Uh, they're written and reviewed by patients. They're edited and approved by rheumatologists or doctors. And they're available for free and uh, for download at creakyjoints.org slash patient guidelines. Uh, and they've become very popular. We have nine editions uh, published now uh, wow. across a lot of the uh, types of arthritis, RA, osteoarthritis, uh, gout. Uh, we have a JIA, juvenile idiopathic arthritis, pediatric, um, and then several others. So uh, we think that's an important uh, resource that uh, obviously uh, we're happy to provide. Really the important, other, yeah. The other is, uh, you know, I think as important is the ability for people living with these types of different types of arthritis to communicate how they're doing, what their outcomes are, how they're feeling in ways that are uh, validated and using instruments that are uniform for all medical professionals, uh, as well as for researchers to understand. And to put this a little differently, so a lot of the types of symptoms that come from many types of arthritis right. are very subjective. Um, what Diane would rank as six on a pain scale might be very different than what Seth might rank uh, on that same pain scale for my pain and, and, and so forth. Or fatigue, for example, is another symptom that's very hard to quantify. And what we've been able to do is uh, we're using the National Institute of Health uh, instruments that they have created and validated. Uh, we've been able to create an app called Arthritis Power, which is uh, and, uh, loaded with those instruments that basically it's short, short questionnaires that patients can answer, standard questionnaires that they can then bring the results to their doctor to show over time yeah. between those visits how you're doing. Because when you go visit a doctor, you almost always get asked the question, how you feeling, right? right? Or how you doing today? And the answer is almost always how you're doing right then right. and there. Yeah. 
and kind of neglects to mention the last 90 or 180 days since your last visit. And that's really important information. Right. And that's, yeah. that's what enables a doctor, a healthcare professional to understand how you're doing. And so uh, we call this patient reported outcomes, PROs. And uh, Arthritis Power is a tool that we built with funding from the Patient Centered Outcomes Research Institute, which is a government funded body that came uh, out of uh, Obamacare, actually. Um, for the last five years, we've been able to build this tool that now over 18,000 people are using regularly to share their outcomes with their doctors, as well as with researchers, because you can imagine the, the research potential yeah. and, and understanding more about people living with these diseases. And so those are two examples of resources for patients that we felt were really important. And I'm, I'm very proud the last few years we've been able to, to deliver on. Oh, definitely, definite need for both. You know, like my dad has rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, his hands, you know, are um, crippled, really. And he gets so frustrated. And the poor guy, you know, and I, tr you try to think of, uh, you know, like if I make him meals, I have to remember, okay, certain kind of containers, you know, that he can't open. Um, just simple things like that, that people don't think about, you know. It's true. And, you know, a lot of what we do is adapt, but a lot of what we need to do is evolve. And we evolve with treatments, new medications that are literally today reversing, um, you know, the effects of these conditions, um, you know, biologically, the, like enabling the body to make that uh, intervention uh, with its own immune system right. um, and, or regrowing um, cartilage or or repairing bone. I mean, I just saw a new, uh, you know, osteoporosis medicine that, that literally regrows your bones. And so, um, you know, I think that th that's what I mean by evolve. Right. And then the adapt is 100% right. You know, like there are toothbrushes that are just fatter handles. And you know what? Uh, toothbrush is kind of hard to use in the morning when you're half asleep as it is. Right. And if you've got hand, you know, or yeah. dexterity issues, it's, it's two X. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm sorry to hear of your dad's uh, situation, but I, I hope to, to share the positive future potential here, um, for him and everyone. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, on your website, you have the latest research news, info on clinical trials and. Yeah. So we've got, um, what we've done is actually a little different regarding clinical trials. We're, we're trying to help people understand what they're all about. Okay. So there's clinicaltrials.gov and that's the opportunity, the kind of official clearinghouse for where to go to look for clinical trials. But what we want to do um, to supplement that or support that is to help people understand what is a clinical trial, what are they about? And then, um, point folks in the direction that they can go in uh, from there. So, but I think it all comes down to uh, the doctor and the patient kind of yeah. having that discussion. And I want to, you know, be very clear that when you live with arthritis, you have to communicate what that means to you and what that prevents you from doing or your loved one from doing. Because when you communicate that to a doctor, then they have what's called a target to treat to. Right. And it's this concept called treat to target and um, pretty simple. And, and, and so what, you know, you have to do is never assume the doctor knows all about your life because they don't. And 
understanding, uh, you know, communicating the challenges that uh, something like arthritis presents, um, which is either going to be apparent if there's more weight gain or, you know, more uh, decline in, in mood and, and, and all that, but also might not be apparent. And I hear doctors all the time say, you know, the patients who I least suspected to have depression were the most depressed, yeah. uh, you know, or vice versa. So, you know, I know like with my dad, doctors will ask him something and he doesn't say, you know, um, and then he'll say, well, he really didn't help me. But you didn't, you know, he didn't ask me about or I didn't he didn't know about this. Well, you didn't tell him. You know? Right, right. That's why. Just a little bit of practical advice. Everyone should always go to the doctor with a loved one. And yes. that loved one should not hold back. Yes, They right. should both listen to the conversation, but then lean in and contribute with the and then yeah. <laughs> or as well. And I, that would be incredibly valuable. Yeah, you're right. Now, um, tell us about the Global Healthy Living Foundation. Sure. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit. We're the umbrella organization, nonprofit parent organization for creaky joints, founded in 2007, technically. Uh, GHLF is funded by grants and contributions and sponsorships from pharmaceutical companies, manufacturers, uh, diagnostic companies, and then research contracts with the government-funded Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute. We don't do fundraisers or galas or or, you know, actually, we have never asked for a dollar from the public ever. Um, and we also actually don't sell ads. We, we have a philosophical opposition to drug ads. We think there are plenty other places to see a drug ad. <laughs> um, but uh, this enables us to, you know, with our corporate partners and, and then the research contracts that we have to, to provide all of our services and support and information and everything free of charge to the participant. We have a Creaky Joints Australia. I know you're very popular. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. So, uh, yeah. Good day. Good day. How you going? <laughs> uh, you can get on over to creakyjoints.org.au. Right on. Righto. Um, that was started about uh, four years ago um, and flourishing. It's really cool. It's its own uh, affiliate of Creaky Joints just for Australia. And um, we also have a very popular creakyjointsespanol.org.es. So it's creakyjoints.org.es. And that's on Espanol for the US uh, and Puerto Rico, um, based out of Puerto Rico, actually, uh, US Hispanic uh, arthritis community. That's great. It's fantastic. And how can people um, reach you again? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, the easiest way is uh, through creakyjoints.org, of course. Um, the app is arthritispower.org. Uh, Creaky Joints is on Facebook and Twitter, and you can just search on Facebook or Twitter for that, and I really encourage that. Uh, and then uh, sign up for our newsletters. We get a free email newsletters once a month. Um, and then if you're so inclined to get involved in advocacy, you can join our 50 state network, which is 50statenetwork.org, which is state by state opportunities for people with all chronic diseases to get ah. involved in policy and advocacy at the state level, which is where the majority of the action happens. So that's Global Healthy Living Foundation. That's fantastic. 
This was such great information. I wish we had more time. In the future. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to have you back. My pleasure, Diane. That would be wonderful. Parents are hard to raise family. I love getting your emails and questions, so please keep sending them. You can reach me at Diane at ParentsAreHardToRaise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. We love our parents, but parents are hard to raise. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, may you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week.